Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is March 26th. Today, you guys, we are going to take a look at the book of Jerem. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys, the book of Jerem, Omni, and even the Words of Mormon were kind of like the stepping stones to get to Mosiah. Every other time I've read the Book of Mormon, I love the Book of Mosiah. It's probably my favorite book in the whole Book of Mormon. And so these three short books were always just something I had to get through so I could get to Mosiah. So it was really fun for me to take a deeper look into the words of Jerem and to see what he could teach us. So I want to jump into it right away. In verse one, Jerem says this, Now behold, I, Jerem, write a few words according to the commandment of my father Enos, that our genealogy may be kept. So I think it's really interesting that Jerem points out that one of the purposes of these plates is that they might keep their genealogy. We know that the genealogy of their fathers was kept upon the brass plates, and that was one of the reasons why it was so important that Nephi and his brothers went back to get them from Laban. And so it made me think, why is this genealogy so important? We know that there is an emphasis in our church placed upon genealogy, or as we now call it, family history. There was a talk in 1999 called Bridges and Eternal Keepsakes by Elder Neuenschwander, and in it he says this, Family history builds bridges between the generations of our family. Bridges between generations are not built by accident. If I want my children and grandchildren to know those who still live in my memory, then I must build the bridge between them. I alone am the link to the generations that stand on either side of me. It is my responsibility to knit their hearts together through love and respect. I love that idea that the thing that keeps past generations alive are the memories that we pass on. And that is so important for us with family history, not only so that the memory of them can stay alive, but so that we also feel that we know the people in our past because it gives us a greater desire to do their work. We know from the scriptures that our ancestors cannot be saved without us, but we're also told in the scriptures that we can't be saved without them. I want you to imagine that you were in a burning building and there was a helpless baby in a car seat and everyone just ran past that baby to save themselves as they ran out of the building. Would that be acceptable to God? Absolutely not, right? We can't be so busy focusing on saving ourselves that we run past someone who is totally incapable of saving themselves. And I think sometimes if we're not focusing enough on family history, we can kind of be guilty of that. We are saved by our ancestors because doing that family history work and the subsequent temple work changes us. It's not acceptable for God for us to be so focused on our own salvation and our own work that we ignore those who cannot do it for themselves. That's why Heavenly Father has commanded that we do family history, that we do genealogy, so that we can save others and so that they can also change and save us. So Jeremy in verse 2 talks about how the plates are small, he can't say a lot, there's not a lot that he's going to say, but then he says, For what could I write more than my fathers have written? For have they not revealed the plan of salvation? I love that line, what could I have written more than my fathers have written? It reminds me of the line from How Firm a Foundation. What more can I say than to you he hath said? 
Haven't we all felt like this at one time or another? When we have a new calling, we look at our predecessor and we see how well they served and how good they did. And we think, man, there's no way I can do more or say more than that person did. And I think that Jerem was feeling that a little bit. The great revelations that have been given, the amazing sermons on the plan of salvation, the great teachings of redemption. And he's looking at all that and he's like, what else could I possibly add to that? He's telling the people that they had been sufficiently instructed in the plan of salvation. And the hard thing is, is that he knew that they had received that instruction in the plan of salvation and that they were rebelling anyway. And to me, that's the saddest type of disobedience that they knew and they still didn't do. And we can see in verse 3 how sad that is for Jerem. In verse 3, he says, Behold, it is expedient that much should be done among this people because of the hardness of their hearts and the deafness of their ears and the blindness of their eyes and the stiffness of their necks. So he's like, look, there's so much work that has to be done here because you guys are blind, deaf, and proud. But then he goes on and he says, Nevertheless, despite all your blindness, despite your stiff necks, despite your hardness of hearts, God is exceedingly merciful unto them. It's like God has still spared you. He is still blessing you and he is still extending his mercy to you. And he's calling them to be better. Then he goes on in verse four and he says, And there are many among us who have received many revelations, for they are not all stiff-necked. And as many as are not stiff-necked and have faith have communion with the Holy Spirit, which maketh manifest unto the children of men according to their faith. I love that instruction that he gives, that if we will be humble, that if we will have faith, that you and I can receive revelation because of communion with the Holy Spirit. Notice it doesn't say there are prophets among us who have revelations. It says there are many among us who have had revelations and as many who are humble and have faith will have that communion with the Holy Spirit. I love that promise that it gives us. If we'll humble ourselves before God, if we'll have faith in him, you and I can receive revelation through the Holy Ghost. One final thought about the book of Jerem that I really love. In verse 5, Jerem is talking about the righteous Nephites and how they had become strong in the land. And he distinguishes them by a few different things. First of all, he says that they observe to keep the law of Moses and the Sabbath day and that they profane not, neither do they blaspheme. So the Nephites became strong by not being profane or blaspheming, but they also observed the law of the Sabbath in a righteous way. President Wright, who I told the story about yesterday, used to also tell a different story about how he was in a convenience store, kind of in the middle of nowhere in Idaho, and he, of course, because he was like the best member missionary ever, struck up a conversation with the owner of the store and started talking about the church. And the owner of the store said, oh, you're you're a member of the church? And President Wright was like, yes, I am. And the owner said, I love Mormons. They are so great. I love them so much. They are just such good people. And President Wright asked him why. And I want you to think, what are all the reasons why this store owner could have said that? They're kind to their neighbors. They serve other people. They are true Christians. All the different things that he could have said that would distinguish us as being really good people. 
But when President Wright asked him why he loved members of the church so much, he said, They are just such good people. When they come into my store on Sundays, they're always dressed up so nice. (laughs) That was the example that he had been shown of members of the church. My friends, it cannot be that way. You and I have to distinguish ourselves from the people of the world through our obedience to the Sabbath day and by the way we speak, just like the Nephites did. In the book of Exodus, the Lord says that the Sabbath day will be a sign between us. Our observance of the Sabbath day is a sign to the Lord of how much we cherish Him and the covenants which we've made with Him. We can do better. We can observe the Sabbath day better. I know I can, but I testify to you that as we observe to keep the Sabbath day holy and obey His laws, that you and I can be seen as distinct from the people of the world in the best possible ways, and that our observance of the Sabbath day will be a sign and a covenant with our Father in heaven and will show Him our love for Him. Because as it says in the book of Exodus, that was one of His reasons for setting aside that day, so that we could show Him our love and how much we value our covenants with Him. Thank you so much for listening today, you guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to subscribe, to like, to share. This has been Come Follow Me Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.